Hey, welcome to Poland, Don't Go There, part two. If you want to hear more, listen to part one. Uh, but join me and John as we go on our road trip round Poland. We're going to do some serious stuff, learn some things, and we'll have some fun as well. So join us in part two. Buckle up. Hey, tam, gdzie zna czarnej wody, siada na końko za głody. Czule żegna się z dziewczyną, jeszcze czule z Ukrainą. Hej, 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 sokoły, omijajcie góry, lasy, doły. Dzwoń, 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 dzwoneczku, mój stepowy skoły. So, after Treblinka... Wipe a tear and head for Warsaw. Did you drive or did I drive? I think you drove. I drove. At speed. It, at speed. So I felt that we were, um, in some ways, repeating maybe the Russians yeah. uh, heading to Warsaw to reclaim it or to... Um, anyway, you, you approached very quickly as we drove into the city. Really big, impressive buildings. Again, flat. along the river. Flat, though. Flat, flat, flat the whole way. And we're trying to navigate to our hotel and uh, toward the centre of Warsaw, of course. We had big roads, lots of traffic, dark, slight fog, and trams. Yeah, slightly crazy it was. Yeah, and at one point we realised we're heading the wrong way for the hotel, and uh, you you took our lives in your hands and said, right, I'm just going to turn the car around, and you executed a fairly uh, risky U-turn, and we we halfway through the U-turn, you couldn't work out if you'd driven us into a tram lane all the wrong way of the motorway, but it was all fine. And we ended up um, parked outside the hotel. So all went well. And that was the Polona Palace. Yes. Which, uh, second hold- oldest hotel in Warsaw. Yeah. After the Hotel Bristol, in fact. Yeah. Nice, uh, nice hotel. Attractive. Attractive. Um, Brand new furniture straight out of the 70s. <laughs> yes. So uh, each of our rooms was decked out, I think, in the way that an, uh, an Eastern European plutocrat would like. Um, and the, the all-important desk was in there. And a red phone. <laughs> it didn't have the red phone. <laughs> but, uh, no, the desk, the desk made me smile, um, and I showed my children the uh, photo of the hotel room, because I thought it was rather, it was rather sophisticated, uh, but they weren't impressed. They laughed. It was sort of, um, as I said, an Eastern European plutocrat would have loved it. Yeah. And out the window, which was beautiful, we did have the Palace of Culture, a gift to the people of Warsaw by yep. the Soviet bloc. In the 50s. Yes. And it was, if you've seen it, you'll say, I know that building. Well, it's, it's almost um, Batman-esque, isn't it? It's sort of Gotham City, rises out of the centre of, of Warsaw. It's very straight, very sort of muscular architecture. Um, and a, re- a real statement in the, in the centre of a big square. And we went, I just remembered, we went right to the roof. Remember? Yeah, left, left the hotel, cold, damp, foggy. So we got the lift. Was it 55 floors? Um, went yes. all the way to the 55th floor and then you could do a 360 view of, of Warsaw from it which is quite interesting it was amazing actually for, as, a, as a building um, and it was given as a gift from um, the, the Russian nation and I couldn't help but feel it was a gift with meaning um, <laughs> as in you know, we're going to gift you this building this building is bigger and, and than, than you could ever make on your own. And we're just going to remind you that the people who gave it to you are the Russians. So watch out. I love that. 1955 took up to 3,500 to 5,000 Soviet workers to wow. build. It is an amazing building. Hmm. But we, we, um, we went, we used that. You, uh, you used your guidebook, which we don't recommend, folks. Uh, <laughs> and we went backwards on the Jewish... Yes, what, uh, we, what, we, journey what, path. what we tried to do, it was supposed to be a walk 
um, around the sort of Jewish areas of, of Jewish Warsaw. The problem is, is that so much of it was destroyed or bombed and was gone. Um, we did uh, go past uh, quite a nice sort of market hall, which is a turn of the century market hall, which was still trading. Uh, and, and we did walk past um, a, a synagogue, uh, which was still functioning, which was nice to see. And I think it's the only remaining synagogue in Warsaw. Um, but I have to say the trail wasn't, it wasn't particularly interesting. It was cold and miserable. And then... And, and, I, and slightly ugly. And then we yes. discovered why. And it was the youngest old city in the world. Yes, that's right. Because it was decimated by the Germans yeah. after the uprising. So they had to sort of build it, build it from scratch. Exactly. The odd, uh, the odd old building here and there, but it is ultimately a new city. Yeah. So then we got a bit lost, and uh, and we tried to 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 collect ourselves and, and have a beer, maybe, and just think about things. And one of those very strange times when you get lost in a city, we basically couldn't find anywhere to sit and have a quiet drink, and we thought there'd be characterful bars. But in the same way that I believe in the UK, um, because we have one of these near us in Bath, uh, modern pubs never seem to work. So as, as you said, there are very few old buildings in that part of Warsaw, so nothing much is characterful. So we walked around what seemed like an hour and ended up having a beer in a pizza place, which is basically full of teenagers having a pizza and having a beer. And we had this beer in bright light thinking, this surely isn't Warsaw. We, we've got it wrong. If, if, this, if, this, if this is Warsaw. So we did... Look, look, at, look at the guidebook, and the guidebook said, look, if you want to go somewhere, uh, go back to the uh, Cultural Palace, and there's a cocktail bar, Café Culturalna, and that's where all the cool kids hang out. Yeah. And whilst we're not cool kids, we aimed for that bar. Beautiful cocktails that took theatrics to build, and yeah. came back with the uh, raging price bill of, what was it, five fifty? It was, it was an outrage. Beautiful cocktails, yeah. but uh, it, it, it was an amazing spot, and I did get that one sense of... A little bit of Soviet mm. style, if you could call it that. Yeah. Um, and then we went to the cafe. Cafe, no, it was Bibenda, wasn't it? So we, Bibenda, we, we yeah. tried to um, find the a restaurant, restaurant yeah. which had got good reviews and uh, got a bit lost as ever on the way there. Then we found it. Yeah. But as we walked up to it, and it was, it was in an old building, wasn't it? Sort of turn of the century building. One of the few left. Yeah, a long line of people outside. Yeah. Um, that was a good sign. Yes, I suppose so. So we, we, we queued up, um, and as, as we'd hoped with this trip, we got chatting to some, some local people. Yeah, in the search for a bit of culture, we tried to uh, uh, ply them with alcohol. You went in, came out with a bottle, yes. two glasses, and they, um, they finally um, started chin-wagging. But they it, it they was were a bit a, nervous, I felt. A bit they, nervous. Who are these two yabos? Yeah. And yes. in retrospect, we were probably getting drunk at that point. <laughs> Well, this was post the cherry wine. Yes. Uh, but they were quite a nice couple, quite sort of, I'd say, I'd describe them as sort of Shoreditch-esque looking. You yes. know, they were... Um, travelled. Yeah, they had travelled. She'd been She's, to the UK. Yeah, but she liked to speak Russian. Yes, so she was, was a Russian speaker, and and we we sort of edged carefully around the topic, but it was something that she couldn't really do at the moment, because of obviously Russia and Ukraine, and that was not well thought of. Um, but the, what were their names? I forget. She was Agatha, and he was. We don't know. Yeah, we yes, we can't remember. But they were a nice couple, and they got talking in the end after plying them with wine. Yeah. Um, but suspicious, a little, a little 
I would say a little dour. He looked like Trotsky. Yes, He exactly. had a pointy beard on. But, yeah. you know, obviously a bright guy. We started sort of telling them about our trip. They sort of looked at us with slightly confused eyes. Why would you do that this time of year? Yeah, don't go there. Don't go there. Um, we also started to try and delve into culture, what mm. was important to them mm. and things like that. We, had, we talked about poets. Mm. They, they knew no, no poet. No. Um, and then they came up with one with basically a singer. That's right. But I thought she said something about she 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 acknowledged that poetry wasn't really a strong no. Polish trait. Was that right? Am I remembering that correctly? Because yes. We talked to her about poetry, and, and we said that our trip to Ireland poetry was a strong part of that. And we wanted to go to Poland, and we hoped that poetry would be part of it, and it, and it hasn't been. And she agreed with us. Yeah. But I forget why she said that was, and I don't know whether it was. What is Poland the nation? Because it's a bit of Germany and a bit of this and a bit of that. But poetry wasn't part of their cultural DNA somehow. It does make uh, beg the question, like, was there any poems written at the concentration camps? And Like, there was literally millions of people that had gone mm. through, and mm. obviously the vast majority were killed. But if you think about, what's the poet Owen, the World War II poem? Wilfred Owen. Wilfred Owen. Yeah. When you think about Wilfred Owen, mm. you know, experience fed his beautiful lines. Yes. Like, what's the equivalent to you in the war? Like, surely there, there's something which should have been translated to think about the misery that they'd gone through and well, uh, touching the void. Maybe, maybe they did right, but it's all destroyed. Um, but she herself, uh, it's, it's really interesting to work out why it didn't happen. And, and I, we don't mean it critically, do we? It's sort of not saying, well, you're deficient as a nation somehow. Um, but they were, they, were, they were polite. They warmed up. Um, they weren't particularly funny, I don't, don't think. No, humour um, wasn't a big thing. They were quite um, earnest, I'd say. Yeah. But ac- academics, weren't they, really? But, um, he was in the science of science. That's right. Could he be more academic? Yes. That, that's, yes, that, that's very academic, isn't it? The but, science yeah. of science. But we... Um, Basically, finally, after a good hour waiting, had our meal. Having, ha- having uh, drunk you, the wine. Have, having drunk all the wine. So how was your meal, Colin? <laughs> well, um, the guidebook tells me that this is an excellent restaurant for, um, for local cooking um, and, and cuisine and talks about a burnt potato dish, which is delicious. But I can honestly say I remember being in the line, waiting with you and talking to the lovely couple from Poland. I remember leaving the restaurant and I remember at one point in the restaurant looking around and there was obviously a couple on a date, mm-hmm. do you remember? And he was sort of, he was sort of looked a bit, um, forgive me, like an East European hitman, wasn't he? And he was yeah. on a date, first date, and I don't know what he's talking about, you know, the number of kills he's had, how he kills them. Possibly. Maybe those were his chat-up lines. Uh, but I cannot for the life of me remember what I ate. Yeah. I'm afraid to say. Similar, I can't remember much. <laughs> I do remember... <laughs> Once looking down at her shoe and the little blade popping out. <laughs> anyway, we made it home. We did. We had, we had a quick pint uh, and then uh, left the next morning, again, foggy and cold, but heading towards a fascinating place. And this was one of your, 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 one of your things you wanted to look at. We were heading to the most holy place in Poland. Czestetkova. Yes. I think that's how it's pronounced. Wow, 
as it was to see the Black Madonna with the. <laughs> we can say it was to see the Black Madonna with the big boobies. Yeah, exactly. I think she's known as the Black. I don't know if the big boobies are mentioned, but no, definitely the, the Black boobies. Madonna. No. So, having been to um, the museum in Gdansk, having been to uh, Treblinka, we were wondering whether it's the time of year that people didn't sort of venture out and look at things. So, when we drove up to Chester Cova. Um, we were not expecting many people there, and mm. it was it was packed. Coaches, cars, and off. Well, do you have off season for religion? Possibly. Sorry, you're absolutely right. I was just thinking. Do you? Well, surely you come out in the good weather. Yeah. But the um, this was on our way to Krakow. I've just yes. remembered, by the way, the beautiful scenery. We couldn't yes. see ten feet out of the car. It was like fog the yes. entire way. That's right. So not only was the flattest course, but we did hit thirty odd. 330, was that when we hit 330 um, metres? It could have been, yes, the height. The height, the pinnacle of the plains. 330 metres, a good wave would flood that place. (laughs) Exactly. And it was was definitely a a place of pilgrimage because we saw them all coming in. And um, I didn't sense that they were staring at us because it was the the weird and the wonderful were all. And again, sometimes you expect... Poland to be a little bit behind, but mm-hmm. they could all have been British, yes, Irish, definitely uh, European. You know, they were European. Uh, and we also noticed by the way on the way out, but um, there, there's a radio um, Yasna Gorna, isn't it? Radio so, Yasna Gorna. So yeah. the sort of the monastery's got its own radio station. The beat of heaven. Uh, absolutely. Well, and, and I was thinking, what do you think they? If they have the charts on a Sunday night, is it? In at number one, it's another hymn. In at number two, a Gregorian chant. In at number three, maybe Cliff Richard gets in uh, there. But I'm just so. But the fact they started a radio station. I think we did uh, log on to on, on our way with the uh, Gregorian chanting. We did because um, there was. It's, a, it's been in the hit parade for two thousand bloody years. There was DJ Father Trendy. <laughs> DJ Father Trendy. Then there's Nuns Hour, of course. I, I think I recommend everyone should have a. Uh, what's it called? A uh, radio what? Radio Jasnagora. You could you could say it, it is a form of Virgin Radio, I suppose. <laughs> Virgin, Hallelujah. Virgin twelve fifteen. And so you've got the main basilica, and then another large chapel. Um, and I think the main basilica is the biggest space, mm. and, and the Madonna's in the in the sort of side chapel, which is also quite big. The Black Madonna, uh, the Black Madonna. Um, but both rooms were packed, and they had services running concurrently, yeah. which I've never known before or never seen before. Yeah. just to get the people in. It's called Catholic stereo. Oh, is that it? No, right, I'm joking. Okay. But the, the, uh, uh, it's uh, it was it was quite. I was taken aback. I yeah. had been to uh, you know religious spots and stuff like that, but just the sheer. There was a man. Kneeling in front of me when people you don't necessarily have yep. to kneel. I know it's like um, it's like a routine mm. the Catholic mm-hmm. Church, but uh, some particularly devoted types kneel throughout. One other man has brought up brought his um, plastic uh, Madonna or the Virgin Mary, yeah. and he was going for a recharge, I suspect, because he was bringing it up to close to the shrine. Yes, and uh, to, to to give it a bit of a boost. Is it like Soda Stream? Do you think? I think it does. It's a Catholic soda stream. So if you've you've run out of look, fizz, so you can you can recharge your uh, your Madonna statue um, at Yasnagora. We might be in trouble with this. No, I was actually all joking aside. I was struck by it was clearly a very holy, very intense place. 
but then at the at the sign of peace, we were offered the sign of peace by the other yeah. uh, people in the congregation. Madonna is a relatively small picture over the altar in the smaller of the, um, of the of the two sort of chapels. But what I was really struck by, and you pointed this out, on the walls around the smaller chapel where the Black Madonna is, there were lots of things hanging, weren't there? Yeah, braces for polio, which shocked yes. me because they would yes. have been done pre sixty seven, yes. like quite a year. But uh, obviously, crutches, yes, and a million. Uh, rosary beads made yes. from amber. That's right. A lot of them made from amber. Yes, uh, our friend Marius, who we saw in Gdansk, would have been thrilled. There were some very heavy amber rosary it beads, so very, probably quite valuable, I think. Absolutely. Just Prosthetic legs, do you remember they were hanging yes. out too? Yeah. Um, obviously, donated or uh, um, suggesting all of these people had mm. walked out. I'm not mm. quite sure how the person who left his legs behind walked out. A lot shorter, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> but. It is a little bit. I, I began to think, oh my goodness, like, are you going to walk into that place with uh, polio, a physical disease, and walk out cured? Yep. Or are you going to convince yourself you walked out cured, make it to the car park and fall on your face? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not making a laugh of it, but it is, it, is, it is quite... If you're an unbeliever, it just seems ridiculous, but all of the things on the wall would suggest something happened. Hmm. Yes. Um, and we, dis- we did try it out. We decided that we spotted them after the Mass had finished. There was uh, to, to, to really engage with the process, I guess. Well, we'd read before that um, people who, who want to get the blessing uh, would walk across in front of the picture on their knees. Yeah. And so, but actually, people walk behind. into, behind, and out. They yeah. don't walk. They do it on their knees, don't they? Yeah. So that you so so uh, so I thought people walked across in front of the picture on their knees, but people walk into the chapel behind the picture and out again on their knees. And you suggested that we should experience that for ourselves. We did, and not only did we do it, but must have been millions of people because we had they had literally yes. worn two little grooves grooves in, in, the, in um, the marble. Yes. Um, the marble was cold and hard, I have to say. It wasn't hard. easy to do. And so I did persuade you. You took a little bit of persuading there, but you did it. Um, and again, yeah, I, I'll be honest, I'm a little bit cynical of, of all of this, but I can see that there's always something to be gained from a little bit of ritual and, and possibly pain. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did it. I have a sore knee at the moment. Um, oh. But, it, you know, the, the sheer... Spectacle of it is 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 fabulous. You're going down with all these other devotees. To your right, you have the uh, the Black Madonna. Yep. And you're getting in, and then you get in behind, and you feel you're going into a little bit of a cavern, mm. and then you come back out, and and I don't know. Did you feel spiritually lifted? I think I needed to be lifted. I I, I was struck by clearly a very a big group of very devout people who yeah. were in their view. Uh, in the most holy place uh, in in Poland, because this picture, the Black Madonna, was 
was it St. Luke was alleged to, was it a table he'd used and they'd painted on the table yeah. and they think it's 13th century it's not quite as old as maybe they're suggesting but um, it's certainly venerated and very old yeah. uh, and actually uh, the picture and the itself was built around it I would say I bet yes. there, was, there must have been some primitive monastery there but the, the sheer size of Jasnagora Yes, and the and the stadium type area for so we we're, we're in the uh, the chapels, but out out the, the, it's on a hill, and out the back um, it, it is designed so they can have open air ceremonies, which I presume could have hundreds of thousands of people because you've got yeah. this enormous monastery, and then below it is is, is many football pitch size where people can gather. Um, no, I was struck by that, but I have to say you were struck by something because upstairs, hidden away almost. Is um, it are Stations of the Cross, um, which uh, was painted by um, the late Polish painter, uh, and forgive me for the pronunciation, Jerzy Duda Gracz, um, and you were struck by it, and and I and and I can understand why, but it was uh, it, they're all paintings, um, and he did them in two thousand and one. And they're really striking, aren't they? Mm. And I know you took pictures of all of them, but why why were you struck by it? Because you were for lots of reasons. They stuck out as something that meant a lot more than the theatre below, mm. I think was what it means. Mm. It's because he drew... Mm. Uh, it was Golgotha, which is, the I think, the Polish, or another name for Calvary, where Jesus... Mm-hmm. Got, uh, it was the Stations of the Cross, mm. and I, I, I'm as a Catholic, I, I'm familiar with the Stations mm. of the Cross. And um, yeah, Jesus gets sentenced. Jesus brings mm. the cross. He falls the first time. Simon picks him up. All mm. that he gets crucified. And they're usually very uh, sterile, mm. Mm. almost images. You know, the very yeah non-offensive. Mm. These images were modern questioned what is the role of the church mm. um, official in them mm. a lot of poor we saw images of the Nazis yeah. the, and the Russians yeah. uh, we saw images of the concentration camp uh, we thought that was probably we thought the just just the sheer variety of imagery you know there was one scene where Jesus was being sentenced and it was all microphones coming in on him. That's right. It it was very... Sort of death by media. And as you said, at the the very end... Just war. So it really... It really shocked me because it was so different to below. Mm. But this was screaming into your face that this Mm. church Mm. is only one building in a greater ecosystem Mm. where all this horror took place. No, I I, I think... um, Because obviously many stations of the cross... It was it was very, it was visceral. You're absolutely right, um, um, but it was it was incredibly compelling and, and and heavy going though because I think the artist was trying to tell us lots of other things, mm. not just the story of the Stations of the Cross. You say you had the microphones when when Jesus was judged, and then you had at one point you had lots of um, people behind him with crutches. Are they saying you know who are these people? They're asking for his help. Mother Teresa, lots of, lots of contemporary images in there. And detail. It was sort of the art itself was sort of was was sort of watercolor, um, comic like, but comic almost yeah. sort of comic strip esque, and um, it was just brilliant, wasn't it? Um, and at the end, when obviously um, Thomas, when doubting Thomas, and and even in the background at that point, there was there was a famous pope in the background yeah. at the point of his sort of resurrection. So I. Um, 
The, you were struck by it, weren't you? I was struck by it, and I also looked him up afterwards, and he said, the way of the cross is set to remind us that our real enemy is not the evil outside of us, but the sin within us. Mm. So I thought it was just, it, it, it made me think a lot more than yeah. all the other gold and pomp and splendor that was those cathedrals inside. There was a lot of gold. I think that's the thing that which we came out, and um, so much... Good work is done by the church raising money for the poor, but it just struck me as very odd how much gold was and, yeah. and expensive woodwork, and it was clearly your it was your sort of first class church basilica. It wasn't your economy class. Yeah, it, it wasn't the Ryanair plastic seats with with no advertising. It was the full thing. It was glorious, wasn't it? It was glorious. There was a Jesus statue outside with how many cro- uh, crowns on three, it? Three crowns. Three crowns. Well, why, 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 why have uh, you know? Why have one crown when you can have three? When you can have three, um, he balanced them very well. He did. The, um, no, we sh- I don't wish to mock, but it was. It, I, I was. Um, I felt uncomfortable about the, the clearly the level of money there um, compared to what the church should be doing, helping helping the poor. Again, one of the great reminders of the original marketeers that are the Catholic yes. Church. Well, that is religion. That's not. Hmm. The the this the, the priests getting ready the um, the sli- the the imagery the mm-hmm. outfits uh, the skull and bones was appearing to remind you yep. that death is always around the corner um, and then the splendor the splendor of heaven it yes. was in your grasp as we left um, the, the the chapel uh, Chestercova I I sort of saw the the backstage tour um, people that the priests going Psst, want to buy an indulgence. <laughs> It almost was. Straight to heaven. (laughs) Stairway. (laughs) So we finally left Chesticova feeling inspired. Tubbed Uh, up with... uh, Yeah, we'd we'd recharged all of our religious artefacts. We did. And headed off to Krakow. Strange trip. Do you remember it was like... uh, was that the one with the fog? We couldn't see a thing? I think so. Really bad visibility. And also flat, again, super flat. Super flat. But And then coming into Krakow, you were, it was like going through a suburb for, for yeah, quite a while. Yeah, it was... I don't wish to be mean to the residents of Croydon, but it was it was boring and modern, and I wasn't expecting to see an old city. But we sort of turned a corner, and then suddenly we went from the 1950s to the 1750s, and it was old architecture. Beautiful in the end, Interesting. Yeah. It was and nice. a nice hotel. Probably the, the nicest hotel we'd had so far, and probably the most modern. So we, we dropped our bags off and went straight into Krakow because we wanted to have a look around. And one of the first places we went to was, is it St Mary's? St Mary's, yeah. Uh, which is a huge church, centrally placed on one, one of the big squares. And again, beautiful tourist square. Yeah. Didn't expect Krakow. I, I expected a lot more bomb damage like we've seen in mm. Warsaw but beautiful square yeah and all, all very old whether it's original or being rebuilt um, but we had our, an experience of, it struck me as being a bit of a Soviet, Soviet era admin so we went into the church and we, we, we told we couldn't go into the church and we worked out you had to go into a side door and then we went into the side door and they said no you can't come in you've got to cross the street to buy a ticket and then you can come in the side yes, door exactly. and so hand over that ticket, which was quite elaborate, if I remember correctly. It, it was, but it's to the same person. And three postcards. Three, f- Yes, three postcards. But the interior of the church, unlike the one we'd seen at Yasnogora, I really liked because it was 
it was more sombre. The whole ceiling was dark blue with stars picked out in gold because Yasnagora was very... It just struck you as being wealthy as a real statement. A little brass. A little brassy. Yeah, it, and whereas St Mary's, maybe it's because it's the older church, was was actually rather beautiful, and it was quite quiet. There weren't many people because obviously people haven't worked out. You had to go to the side door, cross the street, buy a ticket, and then come back in. Um, and um, what was the the altarpiece? It was, was a it, huge. It was almost like I, I I still don't get why, but the entire altar opened out on two massive hinges. It was like twelve feet high. What am I yes. talking about? It could be twenty feet high. Yes. But I, it could, it, when you looked at it, and, and the thing opened out like some advent box. Or yes, a, you know it, it just, exactly that. But it was twenty feet high, and I and I remember looking at it, thinking, "Is it permanent?" And you spotted the hinges, so this thing could move. So I I, I didn't like the the, the chapels at Yasnagora, but St Mary's was was beautiful and. It's not about faith, but I, I, I like the church and it had a nice feel about it. Did you get a little it. flutter? Well, um, almost, almost. <laughs> the and, and I like spending time in it, whereas I didn't. I felt uncomfortable in Yasnagora, but I like that church. But it was. I don't know. It was quite goldy, but it it was less brassy. Yeah. And I think it was it was it was dimly lit, maybe. Yes. And you looked up into the starry sky, which uh, was quite um, poignant. Well, I, thoughtful. I, well, the design of the church. You thought you thought of of. The heavens and all things heavenly. You I, did. I, I liked it. All things heavenly, as opposed to Jasnagora, which was all things earthly. Very earthly. Yeah. Especially as we we're on our knees, close to the earth. <laughs> big, heavy, gold, earthly. Mm. And you were particularly excited about the big organ at the front. <laughs> Me being an ex-church organist, you mean? Yes, I know. Yes, cheap But moving on. Oh, happy day. When Jesus walked, oh, when he walked, when Jesus walked, if you remember the film in Schindler's List, which is an extraordinary film, uh, you have Liam Neeson uh, as Oscar Schindler is 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 in is in the upmarket cafe with the, the Nazi officers, and we went to that place. Uh, and rather than... It, things have moved on, um, I have to say. So we had a beer, um, and um, the entertainment was, was quite different, wasn't it? It, was, it wasn't for the 1920s, I'd say. It was musical entertainment, but would, or maybe you could describe it, because it's one of the most surreal entertainments you and I have ever experienced. It was quite surreal. It, 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 just, just to give credit to the older guy who had come from the 1920s, who was on <laughs> in the beginning. Exactly. He must it, have been close to 90, yeah. uh, creaking playing a, a quick tinkle, but he mm. just finished. And then out of the blue came what looked like... Um, he had a cowboy hat on. He sat down, he smiled to everyone, had yes. a beard, like yes. a pointed beard, and then started playing the flute to the piano Yes, to get it tuned up. He seemed to be either uh, tuning or blessing the piano with, with, with his flute. This is, good. This is my favourite bit. If I had some money, I'd give it to him. He's talking to the piano. He, you're, you're talking out loud, by the way, now. Where's Laughing Boy?
tone. And then he started playing the piano, and it was quite beautiful. But his girlfriend turned up, and he made a big fuss about her. That's right, of course. She was very pleased with his flute playing <laughs> piano. I'm sure she Into was. course, I think is the expression. <laughs> but we made our excuses and left, we made our as they used to say in the days of the sun. So that was quite nice to see that. And then had a um, quick drink in a, in, in a very, very old basement. And it did feel like it was in the in the cellars of something from 500 years ago. In the bowels of the city. Exactly. So that's quite interesting, quite characterful. Got chatting to uh, a couple um, who are from Wales. Yep. So we, we, again, made our excuses and left. And then we had a, a meal, which was okay. Again, dumplings and soup. Yep. Let's be frank about food in Poland. <laughs> It's, okay. uh, there are there are forty million Polish. They are 40 I'm, million I'm with you Polish. on this one, but I love a good borsk. Is a borsk with the borscht? You love borscht. the borscht. I love the borscht. So the, I um, like those dumplings. I even and pierogi. I, I like the Russian pierogi too, which has yes. less less of the meat in it. Yep. But there wasn't a lot else that no. came came to me that says I'll go back there for the food. No, uh, so. I can honestly say go for the history. Um, go for. Um, some extraordinary sites, um, but don't go for the food. Yeah, go for the history. Stay for the people. <laughs> yeah, nice. No. Yeah, don't have the food. Don't have the food. <laughs> well, the borscht, brilliant. brilliant. The sour soup, I like. Oh, you the like? I remember. Yeah, and the pierogi, as long as you have the vegetarian one. Yeah. So we had a meal there, uh, accompanied by. I think there was a party next to us, uh, the loudest people we've ever encountered. Yes. Um, and I don't know whether it's because it was night three, but we may have been conscious of going to Auschwitz the next day. We opted for an early night. We had a quiet night of of rest, except you didn't, though, did I you? I didn't. You've made a new friend. Two o'clock in the morning, loads of loud conversations upstairs. Yeah. Finally, they came downstairs outside my door. I opened it, and there he was in his wife, France, looking rather... Uh, <laughs> Please for himself. Please for himself. And I, I, I did the international, can you shut the F up? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, which he took offence to. Right. But uh, he was quite quite drunk and uh, I closed the door and he came banging on my door, which uh, was a pleasant uh, experience. But I, I wouldn't qualify that as the people of Krakow, even mm. probably from Warsaw. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, then, so early night, the next morning, up first thing and uh, drove to... Auschwitz. Auschwitz, yeah. So the part, the part, the point was to get yeah, the, yeah. Get the first, yeah. first tour and not be there when it's absolutely crowded because Treblinka was quite poignant because there was no one there. Mm. And then your point as we were walking in... Well, I don't know whether it was done deliberately, and you and I talked about this, but the way you go into Auschwitz, there are two parts, Auschwitz and, and Birkenau, and we did both, but... It was very, very unfriendly, and this is this is um, clearly such an important site. And I was thinking about, you know, I was emotional about it, but also um, we were thinking about um, Jewish people who must go there and think about their relatives. So imagine how heightened the emotions would be. But it, they were brusque to the point of rude when we bought our tickets. We then went through a security process which was brusque to the point of rude. And then we are put into a room... Waiting room. ...and told to wait mm. with doors off it. And we're told there's going to be a, a film show. Now, I don't think we're talking about this too much, but it felt like we were going through a process, a sort of slightly dehumanising process. And I didn't know whether it was deliberate. And if it was, that's maybe part of what I want to do. But 
that's okay for us if they want to tell us just what a terrible experience this was. But if you were Jewish and you were going to see where your family members had died, I would hope that they would be treated with far more sensitivity because... It, it was unfriendly, but I've thought a lot about this. Is this. There's no other way of doing that. Is because mm. if you meet people with smiley, happy faces, it's like, good morning, welcome to Auschwitz. Yeah, you're right. It's, it's, not, not, it's not Disney World. It's not Disney World. It's not uh, customer service first. You know, every yeah. person's here to enjoy yeah. themselves. You've not come here to escape anything mm. also, which is the sort of entertainment culture. So it is a difficult one. It's, it's almost like you're going to church. Um, mm. And that with the backdrop of there's a lot of nutcases out there. Yes. Someone could, because uh, we did have to go through um, uh, like an airport screening. Yes. To check whether we had any metal on us or whatever else. Yeah, it, yeah, it, it was quite. Yeah. No, but it, it, again, how do you avoid that? Mm-hmm. If, you're, if you're a 90 year old uh, um, prisoner coming back after how many years and you have to go through that process, mm-hmm. they possibly don't have to do that. But. But anyway, we went straight through after seeing the film. Yeah, and the film was uh, there's a thing you go into. So you go into this this fairly um, basic, unadorned waiting room, then into a, a cinema room, which is quite nice. It's sort of wooden and upholstered chairs. It's plush, mm. and and you you see a film about Auschwitz. And I, I I thought what the the, the voiceover was absolutely right. The voiceover basically said, "Thank you for coming," and it's sort of up to you to think about. What you think do about you know it's up to you what you do with it kind mm. of thing which I which I thought was absolutely right so I like that because of course it, it is up to us what we do with the experience but um, so I like that bit and then of course we then went out of that cinema the doors open and you walk straight away and within three hundred yards is the Arbeit Macht Frei sign which is so famous and of course it means um, work work will make you free. Which is one of the most cynical things um, probably ever written in this in this constant in this in this context, um, because of course they wanted people to work, um, but they also wanted many many more to die. So um, when we were told, uh, we did pick. I think uh, if they're all like that, I'm I'm very impressed. But we had a guide mm. who had anger in his voice. He did. Um, um, and he started off that point about work. He was finding that he said every camp had that, and it, the disgust mm. he felt in it. He had anger in his voice because yes. he said, "This is a three and a half hour tour mm. with him as a, with as a him, guide. As a guide, the average time people spent, prisoners spent in Auschwitz, was two hours. Wow! From arriving mm. to death, mm. like what an opening!" Mm. No, uh, we, we, we'll talk about the guide as we go through. But I thought he was—he was knowledgeable. He was—he he was really passionate. And I didn't know what his background was. I didn't know whether he was Jewish himself. You asked him; he'd only been doing it a year. And he, did he also say? My, my, remember this. But he said that people actually can't do it for too long. Yeah. Or you, you were thinking maybe they couldn't do it for too long because of the emotional. He says it's tough. He could do yeah. twice a day. Imagine trying to remind to remind yourself of the evil, the depths that mm. man could go to twice a day. Well, it's like telling because it's not a story; it's 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 not fiction. But it's it's like telling the most terrible, terrible story twice a day. But I thought he was passionate at certain points. I, I thought he became upset. It angers me when you mourn now, but the sheer 
industrial complex that was the killing yes the killing machine that was Auschwitz I don't know what uh, you know I'm, I'm reminded of the the black the, just the white um, model of the gas chambers mm. and you start to think you know they they talk about them coming on the train you, the choice uh, your worker mm. you can do some work you go to the you can't work mm. don't obviously tell them but you go that way mm. so they're on the queue to the gas chambers they're piled up in there I think it was was it a thousand or two thousand that fitted in at a time uh, up to two thousand up to two thousand people at a time so I started thinking about right, there's two thousand people is a lot of people mm. so they're then pushed into this area where they're asked to strip off mm. And they're not used to stripping off, and 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 mm. the thought behind that is the shock mm. of stripping off. They were sort of focused on the embarrassment of being naked in front of their friends and family, or their wives. Some yeah. of them were saying yeah, some yeah. of them were Orthodox Jews mm. that had never seen their wives um, naked. You know, mm. it was like. But that that awkwardness and embarrassment, the the Nazis deliberately used it that people didn't realise until the very last moment what was going to happen. It's all about. Oppression and and sort of thought control, isn't it? Reminded of people talk about if someone's attacking you in a nutcase, and if you say the most obscure thing and you disorientate mm. them, they don't know what to do. Yeah, and it's almost the opposite of that. Is that give these innocent people a disorientated act to do, and then all of a sudden they just want to get over with it. So what's next? Come on, come on, come on! Yes. And then they push through because think about it: two thousand people. That was the max. Let's say a thousand mm. people were then pushed through to the showers. They walk in. The front people must have said, something suspicious here. Yeah. What's going on? There's no shower heads. Mm. Or, because they didn't have the shower heads in the mock-up. It didn't look like there was any shower here. No, and I can't remember if they if they did or not. Maybe they did, I don't know. But as you say, whatever whatever it would be, they would say to themselves, this isn't right. Your, yeah. The people at the front would realise that something odd was There's going on. There's something very odd going on, and the panic must have mm. hit, um, mm. hit in at that point. So that the people at the back, before they go through, have the choice of mm. fighting or doing that. But yeah. again, the sheer... The difficulty in doing that and how, how, how they mastered it. Yes. Again, they're probably disorientated. They're probably sort of still worried about being naked, so they're not going to fight you naked. Yes. And then they're being pushed through... And remember, they probably had rumours, but rumours were getting around like fairly early on that things were happening that shouldn't yeah. be happening. And then, the, then, and then the the dropping in, and I in Browsley, uh, I took my camera out in the gas chamber mm. in the thing because I was just the sheer shock of looking up to the hole mm. where they dropped in the um, the last site that people would see. The Zonkon B, so literally yeah. something would be dropped in. And Zyklon B needs to... Uh, it only operates at a certain temperature. Yeah. So if it was warm, it would, would operate... Rapidly. But if it was cold, it wouldn't. It would take more time. Yeah. Just terrible. And um, and they used to have to heat some of the... the, the yes. Heat the place beforehand. Mm. So again, you'd be walking in and thinking, this is pleasant, mm. maybe, potentially. No, but, it's, it's, it's in a strange way. If you go past any... For me, I'm just thinking about any sort of car production area. You know, you go past car production areas, be it Mini or Jaguar or Land Rover in the Midlands, and these are big factories aimed at producing vehicles. What struck me about Auschwitz-Birkenau was this is a big factory aimed at killing people. 
you know, both are factories, both have a process. Yeah. One's producing cars, the other one is killing people. Um, and, and as you said, the most, there's a photograph um, which is taken from Birkenau where one of the Nazis is basically saying to an old guy, you're going down to the right, which means you're going to die. They don't know that. but and, and so that one person has the power in their hands over thousands of people. It, it, it really is. It's, it's a terrible, terrible um, thing in place. But you've just got to go and see it. You have to. Which, and that one of the key points is, think about that guy and the acts that took part after that guy that, up to 2,000 people dying, screaming, mm. vomiting, shitting, yeah. doing everything, just the, the sheer panic. I've also read that they ended up going into pyramids to try and of course. climb over each other. If you can't sense deep evil in that, mm. is it you mm. that's missing something? Mm. Or is there no evil in the world or no good in the world and we just have to make do and try our best? Mm. But uh, that, that place should not be able to be visited by sane, normal individuals, or the or the sheer residual evil, would corrupt. Hmm. But I think what what what's ironic what you do is you walk away from that place with a sense that you have to be better. Hmm. You have to try and do better. Yes, that for me is the film at the start. He said it's up to you to decide what you take away from that. Yeah. And the fact that, and I agree with you by the way, taking away from that's what you're going to take away from it. It, it is, and, and seeing it and experiencing it, and Andrew Blinker, for me, it's one of, one of the most powerful things and most moving things I've ever done. Um, mm. And I recommend everyone does it. Poland is that everything from talking about people in Gdansk about the war, seeing the museum, Treblinka, uh, the Wolfschance, all of them were sort of German occupation, German influence, German doing this, Germany's doing that. And there was a distinct absence of local participation, which you can understand mm. because nobody wants to know that granddad. Uh, was involved. Was involved, or grandmother. But just generally the whole sense that it's a German problem. Mm. The fact that mm. humanity allowed Auschwitz and Treblinka and every other dead camp and, and the millions killed on the street to happen. There's a famous phrase that bad things happen when good people do nothing. Mm. And I think it is a reflection of what we need to think about today is that we knew as uh, a poll in the 40s that their Jewish friends were getting murdered. We're getting shot in the street, two million mm. of them. And we knew other things were happening for evil people. We participated. But uh, the entire idea that this could have all happened uh, without 
the the lack of action, which in itself is complicit, mm. uh, of everyone, including the Poles, including the Ukrainians, including everyone in the surrounding area, is, is naive. And I think, I'm not pointing at Poles, I think if this happened in Ireland, if it happened in England, you'd have the same thing happening. And if we focused on that mm. as a reason to learn from it, rather than fascism or stuff like that, it was some innate... Look within for the sin, as they mm. said on those mm. uh, on the stations of the cross. Mm. Because if we don't blame ourselves as a human race, we won't learn from it. And that's that's what I got from it: is that we need to we need to feel shameful for what we did to other humans, as opposed mm. to what the Germans did for the Jews. Yeah, and, and so I know you've spoken about that recently, and it strikes me that that opinion has, has crystallised for you over the past few weeks since coming back. Is that the case? It is. It's, um, it started... I didn't know why the Stations of the Cross impacted me so much. It did, that, and, and, and I'd say watching you experience stuff, and that is also interesting, you know, to watch you make, look around, you were really, really struck by that. And, mm. and I know we spoke earlier about the last Station of the Cross. Well, you, you, you were affected by all of it, but particularly the last station... 14 stations, it's called Shame On You, Really Shame On You. Is that, is that its name? Yeah. Gosh. And it was talking to humanity. Mm. The sin lies within. Mm. We all mm. should be shameful, mm-hmm. or feel ashamed about what happened. Mm. Not the Germans, or the Ukrainians, which mm. were called out on numerous occasions for being rogues. Mm. Um, but unless we can learn that, and, and it, it just, just to reply to today... We sit back and allow refugees to come across in boats and mm. drown. Mm. Men, women and kids. Mm. We stand back whilst people are mm. dying. Mm. I know it's nothing compared to, to uh, something like Auschwitz. But we make a choice every day to do nothing. Mm. And by, by that, we see what happens. Well, I, I think... I say I think a lot because this, thing, this stuff does make you think. Is it part of the... The human condition some people like to attach blame and attaching blame in this instance to the germans and clearly the germans have a lot of blame but by saying which is what you're saying it was the germans sort of suggests it was nobody else and that is wrong isn't it because it was they the, were the evil personified yeah but upset uh, possessed i remember reading around benjamin friends he was uh, a very young prosecutor at nuremberg mm-hmm. he still is alive actually and he had to interview all the senior commanders of the Nazis. And he said his biggest takeaway was they could have been his neighbours. People with nothing outstanding about them. Mm. And I think, I, think, I think that is, we like to apply the idea that they were uh, demons, mm. obs- uh, you know, mm. possessed. Mm. They weren't. They were, they were, in a lot of cases, psychopathic mm. individuals put into positions of power and just applied mm. their own thoughts and uh, means to uh, survival. Yeah. Uh, but nothing remarkable, really, about them outside of that. But as you say, seemingly seemingly normal people who did terrible, terrible things. And that's back to your the painting and, and the Stations of the Cross. Yeah. And as you said, it talks about sin. And a lot of people will naturally think, hang on, this is a religious thing. Of course it is. But... It, it it transcends religion, doesn't it? It is it is whatever you say, human condition. Yeah, either evil or 
or, 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 or unkindness or badness, whatever you call it. Um, and, 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 and if we're to advance as a human race and to make a better world, I think we need to address that head on, that we're still very, we're a lot closer to the animals mm. than we are to the ideals. Yes. So it's, it's uh, yeah, you take my food away, I'll, I'll, I'll fight you for the mm. last morsel. Um, that's all very animalistic, cold, gene-driven point but unless we can actually get beyond that we're still going to have the same and and frankly we could have another Hitler rise you know when we're thinking about it today I think is the outswitch and going through the second world war every day we're reading about bombings in mm. Kiev and mm. murder rape pillage savagery mm. don't tell me it can't happen tomorrow mm. here you go the Second Coming by W.B. Yeats Turning and turning in the widening gyre The falcon cannot hear the falconer Things fall apart The centre cannot hold Mere anarchy is loosed upon the world The blood-dim tide is loosed And everywhere the ceremony of innocence is drowned The best lack all conviction While the worst are full of passionate intensity Surely some revelation is at hand. Surely the second coming is at hand. The second coming. Hardly are those words out, when a vast image out of spiritus mundi troubles my sight. A waste of desert sand, a shape with lion body and the head of a man, a gaze blank and pitiless as the sun, is moving its sloth eyes, while all about it real shadows of the indignant desert birds. The darkness drops again, but now I know that twenty centuries of stony sleep were vexed to nightmare by a rocking cradle. And what rough beast, its hour come round at last, slouches towards Bethlehem to be born. So that was it, Poland. It was a great trip. We said don't go there, but we think you absolutely should. Um, really thought-provoking, um, and um, thanks for listening. And look forward to the next ride. Absolutely. Which we think maybe. Go on, say it. Israel? Why not? Why not? Nice.